Welcome back to the Big Brain Podcast. My name is Dontrell Perkins, here to increase your IQ levels by at least 50%. Today, we're going to talk about U.S. involvement in World War One and also the effects of World War One on the U.S. All right, let's get into it. So, let's talk about why the U.S. firstly got involved in World War One. Let's talk about the first one, unrestricted submarine warfare. Germany would station its submarines in British waters and shoot any ship that it saw. It could have been a military ship, a ship comes carrying civilians, or a ship carrying supplies. They just shot the ship. They was like, nope, we can't, we can't take no risks. And the U.S. basically, basically told Germany, whoa, 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 pause right there. After the U, after U.S. citizens got had multiple deaths and injuries, they were like, hold up, pause. How about you sign this Suxy's pledge? And basically, you're gonna stop your submarine unrestricted machine submarine warfare. You're gonna you're gonna send your warning shots out first. Germany was like, yeah. But then in 1917, they went and shot up six U.S. ships, and then President Wilson, who was acting president at the time, said, "I bet we're going to war with Germany. We're joining the Allies." And the second thing that happened was the Zimmerman Telegraph, in which Germany told Mexico, "If you side with us." We're going to make sure you get all that land back that you lost from the years during the Mexican-American War. And the U.S. caught word. They heard They heard about it. They was like, what? You going to go for that? You going to do it, Mexico? Mexico was like, nah, bro. I don't even want no smoke. And then the U.S. was like, all right, now we really got to go to war with you now. But, you know, after all that, the U.S. and the Allies, they won the First World War. And now we have to think about what happened to the U.S. after World War One. Now, <clears throat> let's talk about the Red Scare. The Red Scare was basically when there was during 1919, there was a numerous amount of strikes in America. And a lot of Americans thought, oh, crap, the communists are trying to start a revolution. Oh, and, and it scared a lot of people. So and it also scared Congress. Pretty. So what they did was they tried to limit the amount of, quote unquote, radicals by limiting coming into the country, by limiting foreign immigration in the U.S., they basically assumed that um, Im- immigrants coming from other countries were coming in trying to spread communism and basically trying to tear up the U.S. Now, let's also talk about the 18th, 19th, and the 21st Amendment. The 18th Amendment told everybody, hey, no more alcohol. N- no, n- none of that. If it has alcohol in it, it's banned, prohibited. But if only they knew how terrible of an idea that would be to try to limit alcohol sales because pe- people all, they find a way you might not think it but people all will always find a way to get their hands on illegal things that they should not have and basically after a while the U.S. was like okay you really can't stop them from drinking alcohol so they basically brought out the 21st amendment which basically just completely voided the 18th amendment and don't think I forgot about the 19th Amendment. Nope, nope, nope. I wouldn't, can never forget about it. That was the amendment. The 19th gave women the right to vote. And that that was that was a that was a pretty that was I consider that one of the most important amendments that we have because the more if we have more people, especially there was a lot of women in the country who felt like who wanted to have a voice, who wanted to be wanted to feel powerful, who were tired of just sitting around all day caring for the kids cooking dinner and all that now they had a voice in politics in which they can actually go out and vote for representatives who they think would best represent them and you know i can never forget about 
jazz and the Harlem Renaissance. So, well, we know we got a few powerful key heads in the um, Harlem Renaissance. And, you know, when it comes to jazz in general, I'm going to name a few. You know, Louis Armstrong, you know, he played the cornet and the trumpet. And also, he also played a pretty good improv, improvised form of Dixie ragtime and jazz. We also got, you know, the main man, Langston Hughes. He was born in Mississippi, and he wrote a lot of poems describing the disenfranchisement of many black African-Americans. And you also had Tin Pan Alley, in which basically if you were a New York, if you were a, if you were from New York, or if you were in New York City and you were a songwriter or a music publisher, you were basically called the Tin Pan Alley during the 1920s. And now let me get into the causes slash consequences of the Great Depression. Now, the Great Depression is is truly what his name implies. It was it was bad, terrible. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna tell you first about overproduction. Okay, so basically what happened was farmers got their hands on this new equipment, which basically it basically was gonna help them get more crops. Basically, just say let's say you had an acre of land, corn. You take all, and it takes you. Let's say if you do it by hand, it takes you all day to do an acre. Now that you have these mechanized tools, now you're doing what? Let's say about five, maybe five plus acre, acres a day. You're you're churning out more crops than you ever have, and you're sending those in. And if if every farmer is doing that, it soon comes to the point where okay, we have too many crops coming into the stores. Meaning that the prices are lowered, meaning that you're getting less money for all that work you put in. And basically, a lot of farmers, they basically went into debt and they lost their farms. The also other problem was that the fact that there was so much crops on the market that people just weren't buying them up. They they were just, it was like, okay, there's just too many crops. We don't, I don't really need these many crops. I'm, I'm pretty straight like the next month I don't need to come back to the store in a while and that was all and then it was like okay now now we got to figure out something but it really all came crashing down with the stock market crash now let me tell you about the stock market crash so basically what happened was it's kind of like what happened in it's kind of what happened last year what happened was Here's everybody, all these rich people with their money. And you know, you had these banks, right? The banks were losing money. Well, not losing money, but they were like, okay, we had, we were, we don't, money is getting scarce. People aren't putting money into banks. And after a while, banks started closing down one after another with people's money still inside them. And one thing led to another and out of nowhere, boom, money is low. It's everybody's getting, everybody's struggling to buy the necessities that they need and i also have to explain to you about the dust bowl the dust bowl was when there was just this just this dry season like like usually okay like sure there's like sometimes okay there's not a rain for a while okay but for this there, there was just a drought a drought hit 19 in 1932 hit the great plains and with the lack of rain and all the dust in the air it was it was super hard to make crops so all the farmers in the great plains are now not only not only were they struggling to pay back their loans for buying all those mechanized tools now they're also struggling with the 
with the drought that's happening. So they can't grow crops now. So that that just it 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 really farmers just really have it bad. And also And lastly, let me talk to you about Hoobersville. So what basically was happening was because of the stock market crash and businesses being shut down, um, what was happening? Yes, people were losing their jobs, which means they were unable to pay their rents slash mortgages, and they were basically evicted from their houses, from their homes. With this all happening, a new class of homeless began to build shacks on the outskirts of the cities called Shanty Towns or Hooversville. And that's it. That's all I got to tell you. Thanks for listening to the Big Brain Podcast. I know your IQ level reached over, well, went over and increased. I can't speak today by at least 50%. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening. You know, I'm always trying to support, trying to help the kids out. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, Gino Reese. I'll catch y'all later. Peace. Thank you.